Welcome to the first episode of Your Weekly Book Brew. My name is Harshida and my favorite book or currently reading book is A Thousand Splendid Sons and my favorite coffee order is cold brew with cream and sugar. Hey everyone, my name is Daz Noor. Um, the book that I'm currently reading is Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller and my favorite coffee is honestly anything with lots of sugar and ice. Hi guys, my name is Gurleen, and the book I'm reading right now is The Hating Game by Sally Thorne, and my coffee order is a iced white mocha with caramel drizzle and vanilla sweet cream cold foam. Hi guys, my name is Nikita, and the book I'm currently reading right now is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and my coffee order is iced white chocolate mocha. So just before Dasmore explains the topic of today, we do want to say that there are mentions of transphobia and sexual assault. So we will be putting resources in the description box if you wish if you wish to seek more help or more information. And we'll also place the timestamp of the segment in the description. So if you wish to skip forward, feel free to do so. So the, the topic of today's episode is J.K. Rowling's transphobic comments. Now, for those of you who may not know, J.K. Rowling is the author of the beloved Harry Potter series, but she did recently come under fire for posting transphobic sentiments on the internet. And so this situation, um, the main events you could say occurred last year in June of 2020. And it all began when she took issue with an article that used the phrase, people who menstruate. Her exact tweet actually was. People who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Woman, wimpun, woman. And so she's clearly trying to refer to women and she's associating being a woman with menstruating. And this is completely disregarding the transgender population and it's kind of invalidating them as well. Exactly. And then after she received that initial backlash, instead of taking the time to maybe educating herself and you know, understanding where her audience was coming from, she followed up by doubling down on her stance. In fact, this, is, this was exactly what she said. She said, if sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. And even though she still did state that she respects every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them, at the same time, her life as J.K. Rowling has been shaped by being female and she does not believe it's hateful to say so. So like, this is obviously very, um, it's like inconsiderate and ignorant to, I feel like a very large portion of her audience, which could very possibly be trans um, people and people of the LGBTQ community. And I feel like it was very insensitive because like, just because there's trans people in this world now, it doesn't like take away or discredit what women have gone through and I feel like she shouldn't think like that and she should honestly like filter her thoughts before she goes on Twitter and posts stuff like that. And I feel like she's also like invalidating the experiences and what transgender people have gone through by just saying that because she really is just disregarding them as a population and she's just kind of she has like a mindset of just men and women and period that's it. Yeah, especially because like feminism is not just for like a woman. It's like equality for like everybody. So you can't achieve, like you can't be a feminist if you're going to disregard an entire portion of the population. Exactly. It's very like narrow-minded, like her thought process. And the very fact that she says the lived reality of women globally is erased. 
it clearly shows she just doesn't think that people can coexist. Like just because trans people exist doesn't mean that whatever you went through as a person is any less. I am like, when we were saying all this, we're not trying to discredit what she as a woman went through, but the fact that she's doing the very same for other women is just, it's so, you can only imagine how heartbreaking it must be for her audience that are trans who like grew up read, reading Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like she thinks that just by acknowledging the trans population, she's automatically going to be like making people think less of women and just there there's an equal population of both. So she should consider them as that like equals. Like well, men, she should not be putting down other women. No, exactly. But if that wasn't enough, she went on to post on her website about her experience researching trans issues and why she's also scared of trans activists. And so in that very lengthy article, um, we will be putting a link to it in our description if you'd like to check it out yourself. But essentially she, at one point she refers to a specific action that the Scottish government took, which quote unquote allowed some trans people to change the, the sex on their birth certificate, providing them with some formal legal recognition of who they are, which to us, I'm sure it sounds like a great idea. But in her art, in her, post on her website, she essentially um, said that like, oh, now men can say they are women with just, you know, with just like a simple statement, which again, feel, I feel like is really disregarding just the amount of like inner turmoil and like experiences again of trans people. Like it, it can be so difficult to be recognized in, a, in like, or recognized or be identified as in the manner in which you want to be. And the fact that this is such like, I'm so sorry. The fact that this is like such a monumental step forward and she essentially equated it to, you know, it being an easier way for men to prey on young women and girls because now they can identify as women. Again, it's just, it's frustrating. It's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. I feel like she condensed and simplified the experience of like, being someone who identifies as a woman even though you may have not been born as a woman like she simplified it way too much because it's not as simple as just oh identifying as a woman because it's like you have to go through so much emotional stuff so much like so many relationship problems like it's not that simple and I feel like she made it feel like it's like an everyday kind of thing when it, it like it deserves more recognition and now that it is I feel like she's trying to suppress it and also because like with this tweet that she like or a statement she said like it kind of clarifies that it's not just about the fact that like the history of women is going to be like discredited or discredited or erased and it's like simply just about being transphobic because in the first tweet she was talking about something a bit different but now it's just she just straight up said that she's just scared of um trans activists which like kind of shows like her true colors if they already hadn't been shown before exactly and like you said before like she's completely discrediting like everything that the activists went through just to get justice for that population and just to get them to have like an equal say right like it took so much for them to get to a point where they can even be acknowledged as trans people like there was so much discrimination and just so much like injustice it's still present, it's still present. like this is exactly like, just step forward but it's like you know, when I was researching about this too, like um, there's still, you know, there's still much to be said for like, you know, people that are non-binary, you know, what about them? How can they identify, like, how can they identify as on their like legal, uh, legal documents? So there's still like so much to do. And again, just the fact that she's equating this and we have to understand, like she does reference like her past, 
um, you know, as someone who has experienced, you know, sexual assault. And we, again, we are in no way like trying to discredit that because that's also a very prevalent issue. But just to simply say that, oh, now men can identify as women and prey on vulnerable like populations. It's just so like blatantly like disregarding. Exactly. Like she should take her personal experience with sexual assault to understand like the trauma and like the emotional like effects of it and just understand that just by saying that it's kind of like like she should really use her experiences to talk to that yeah. issue more and just raise more awareness on it and just shed more light onto the positive aspect of it and be like like this shouldn't be happening like regardless of the situation. Especially like as a woman like as a woman like you know like how like you face discrimination I'm pretty sure we all have where we felt yeah. uncomfortable in situations or like yeah. been scared to walk down a street alone or something so like being a woman and if she has those experiences which she has talked about before it's kind of like hypocritical to like be discriminating against like a whole community like that because it's like if you know how like it feels to undergo stuff like that then you should be like empathetic for other members who are also experiencing same things like obviously like I don't know anything about the stuff that trans people face because I'm not but it's like being a woman like I know what like I'm I've faced like experienced stuff like that so I would never discredit someone for like something like that and I feel like she shouldn't either and with her platform too I feel like she has such a wide range of ability to just raise awareness about the issue but instead of doing that like she's suppressing this population that's like she has the power to do something but she's, she's not them all with the same brush like the fact like it's not very nuanced like when she was like when she mentioned that act that the Scottish government's taking it like not presenting many other perspectives like she it's just, again, it's just so frustrating because again, looking back to our audience too, like the Harry Potter series was loved by so many. So how many people, and we'll get on, get into that later, like um, when we discuss, you know, how her audience received it and how, you know, Harry Potter cast, um, cast members received it. But it's just, it's so disheartening because obviously Harry Potter was a household name and to know that the person who essentially created the universe feels this way is, like especially like for the fans that are like trans like that's probably so hardening to them like to see that like the person that created one of their favorite book series is like that towards them like she should like if anything she should be mindful of like the fact that she has such a big platform and that like she should be aware of what she's saying and even if like she were to think like that like there's consequences to what you say like you can't just like put it out there like that exactly and because like the age range of like the people who read Harry Potter is so wide so there's a lot mm -hmm. of young people who also read Harry Potter and so to see the author of like like Nikita said like someone who you basically look up to tweet these things it can be very influential on their minds and they can develop kind of like the wrong mindset going into their mm -hmm. lives like in the future especially when they're like so young and so vulnerable like I feel like her she like she should know the like the role and influence she has and she should be more careful with what she says and, exactly. she and even her books like I know after reading the Harry Potter series like I read it quite a while back but I know there was no real representation of trans people like there was none and it's like that's really even just reading that series it's like those young kids like you have the ability to influence them and just kind of 
tell them more about the world around them and the world that they're growing up in and you could have that kind of positive influence but just not even like including characters of that population into her books it's kind of like she isn't doing much with her platform to raise awareness right no she's doing the exact opposite and then the cherry on top is how she like she literally acknowledges how easy it would have been for her to conform in fact her exact words were tweet the approved hashtags because of course trans rights are human rights and of course trans lives matter like that quote itself is just like very like condescending to like refer to like like trans rights to a hashtag like it's not that simple and it's like it shouldn't be that simple she literally she like followed up like there was a quote in there too about how you know it's easier to conform it's easier to just you know like follow the status quo and it's like ma'am what's status quo we're literally discussing trans rights we're discussing the rights of human beings there's no trend this isn't you know this isn't just a hashtag there's people's lives at stake and for you to just treat it as such and I feel like a lot of people do the same thing where it's like they just want to say that they did something and it's like by putting that hashtag there she can be like she's in support of it but it's like in reality she's doing so much that's like the exact opposite exactly she's so clear about it Mm-hmm. she's being counterproductive like that tweet is like very obviously sarcastic like she's not trying to help it's basically just making it much worse than it already was before and like I don't even think she did anything to like better the situation after did she no not really not really like I I don't know man it just speaks to her privilege like exactly. I understand what you went through but you are also a white like cisgender woman and the fact that like you can just dismiss it like that like there are so many people again just in your audience alone people that used to look up to you that can't identify with that you know for so many people it's more than just a hashtag and for you to be like oh well if I had just done this then you know I would have been fine but it's like it, it just gets me so annoyed and then to like you know again to just add some more spice to add some more masala to it she also posted like a tweet saying turf wars and for those of you who may not know, TERF stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist, which is clearly not the type of feminism that we're, we are in support of. Like Gurley mentioned, feminism is equality for everyone, not just for white women, not, not just for like cisgender not women. bash men down or trying to bash a certain population either. It's about equality and it's about being at the same level with everybody and having those same opportunities. So now that we've talked about what exactly JKR had to say, um, let's move on to what other Twitter users replied with. So Paris Lees actually stated, there's just no evidence that me being me is causing problems for any of the other women I've met. If there are ever any problems between women and trans women, they should be dealt with sensitively and sensibly on a case by case basis. Please, for the love of God, leave us alone. And Roxanne Gay tweeted, that is something that JK Rowling made the spectacle of transphobic bigotry under the guise of feminism when we're fighting for Black lives to matter. She isn't reachable, which is what it is, but the way she keeps repeating herself without reading the room, my goodness. And finally, Mallory Rubin had to say, Harry Potter is about the magic of love, acceptance, belonging, the power of courage, the impact of hope. Trying to take those things away from people is a terrible tragedy. Trans women are women. So now we'll be moving on to what the cast of Harry Potter had to say in response. Um, We'll primarily be talking about Daniel Radcliffe's statement via the Trevor Project, just because I feel like 
he said everything that we've been saying um, uh, during this episode, but just in a more eloquent manner. Um, in case you don't know, the Trevor Project is um, an American organization, and according to their website, they're the leading national organization providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth. He started off his statement by acknowledging the role that JKR um, has had in his life, but he also reaffirms that he stands behind transgender people. He writes, transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional healthcare associations who have far more expertise on this subject matter than either Joe or I. According to the Trevor Project, 78% of transgender and non-binary youth reported being the subject of discrimination due to their gender identity. It's clear that we need to do more to support transgender and non-binary people, not invalidate their identities and not cause further harm. He even said to all the people who now feel that their experience of the books has been tarnished or diminished, I am deeply sorry for the pain these comments have caused you. I really hope that you don't entirely lose what was valuable in these stories to you. And in my opinion, no one can touch that. Now, some other notable cast members who um, showed their support include Emma Watson, who played Hermione Granger, Rupert Grant, who played Ron Weasley, Bonnie Wright, who played Ginny Weasley, and Eddie Redmayne, who played Newt Scamander in the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them spinoff. Uh, even Stephen King tweeted in reply to a fan's question on the issue um, when they asked him what he thought of the matter. He replied by saying, yes, trans women are women. And what's a little funny about this entire situation is that in the past, J.K. Rowling actually tweeted a thank you to him after he retweeted one of her tweets. But that uh, thank you tweet has since been deleted since he stated his support for transgender individuals. In fact, in a later interview with Daily Beast, he even said that she canceled me and she sort of blocked me and all that. So it's great to see how far JKR's support extends for fellow authors. It's also great to see, however, the cast and everybody else showing their support for the trans population. I feel like it's really important to have that kind of like those people to look that you look up to just have and just showing their support for these kind of causes and it really helps young kids especially exactly i feel like they really did what they could um to just kind of counteract the damage that jkr caused you know daniel radcliffe was being the savior of our wizarding world <laughs> being the savior for you know any um any of the readers who may have felt that kind of connection with the characters excluded from like just that group like you know there's so many fans of the series and it's like I'm sure they felt really like just isolated from that yeah. fandom after hearing that and just feeling like they weren't like welcomed so that definitely helped with the whole support like Daniel Radcliffe just showing his support for them and just saying that he's there for them too. I think this is a really strong case of you know separating the artist from their art or from yeah. like the work that they created. I think, and I feel like now, like the Harry Potter community in general has just like, you know, almost like excommunicated like J.K. Rowling. Like you ask anyone like, who's the author of Harry Potter? And like, you know, we, I, I, at least I've seen on the internet, you know, people come up with like the craziest, like, oh, Lady Gaga wrote it or something, mm -hmm. you know, just because like, 
you know, she's no longer part of the very community she helped create because she clearly doesn't stand for all the people who are part of that community. And I think that's just a great way of seeing like the internet and like just, you know, everybody coming um, together and it's like, uh, yeah, for sure. The powers yeah. of the fandom. Yeah. So that was definitely a heavy topic and a lot to just consider and take in. But just to end off on a light note today, we will be doing a section called Descriptions for Dasnor. Um, a little bit of context behind it. When we were discussing different books that we've read or we want to read, we found that Dasnor just hasn't read many of the same books that we have, you know, those mainstream young adult books. So we just we just thought it would be fun to describe one of the books that all three of us, me, Nikita, and Gerline, have read to Dazmore and just see if she'd be interested. And to her, it'll either be a success where it's like we convinced her to read it or a failure where she's more opposed to it than she was before. Yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. If the mainstream media, if all those booktube channels and websites and whatnot can convince me to read these books, I don't know. I don't know how much like you guys are going to have, but you're like more than welcome to shoot your shot. I mean, we have like 20 words or around that. So we'll try our best. We're gonna try to keep the description brief, but like- 20 words was like our outline, but- Here's my challenge for them. I wanted to see if they could fit all the spiciest parts of a book in 20 words or less. So let's see how they do. Okay, today we're gonna be trying to convince her to read Red Queen, the very first book of the series. It's by Victoria. AVR, I think that's how you pronounce your last name. But yeah, so the first main thing about this book is that there's a strong female lead. And I feel like you would like that because, like, you know, like you can not relate, but like, kind of like. Are you saying I'm not a strong female lead? <laughs> no, but like, instead of it being like, like more empowerment and stuff. So, like, you'd be like, instead of like, oh, the damsel in distress or something, it's like, no, like, there's a female that's in charge. I feel like that's a lot of our interests like in general like we really like strong female leads so that's definitely one thing so the next thing of the book is that there's two groups um silver-blooded and red-blooded and just another thing to point out the girl is a rebel and she does need money because she's a part of the red group so she does live in poverty oh poverty is not good but she has sure. silver powers so she's like a hybrid between wait oh, wow eco-friendly i feel like we need to like explain what silver and red blood is okay red blood is like more of like the lower class like goes and, to war and yeah. stuff like and they're more silver blood they don't have powers either yeah yeah and silver blood is like the complete opposite they have like powers their royalty like all that stuff rich rich yep wow and so basically, um, one day she meets a guy who is silver-blooded. Yeah, I don't think she knows that at the point where she meets him. And he promises to help her and takes her with him to the castle, to the royal castle. Men swooping in, trying to <laughs> offer their solutions. <laughs> and so um, she also falls in love with um, both of the brothers in the book. Just to mention, the guy that took her to the castle has a brother, and so that's the one she falls in love with. He's like a little, not a little, a pretty big love triangle in this area. Yeah, yeah. Like so you a just messy. exactly you just have to read to find out who she ends up with. You know what goes on with the whole silver red blooded thing and and the love triangle thing. And definitely the love triangle. I feel like the we biggest should... part. 
We should include that it's not also only about romance. Like there's also like a war oh, going yeah. on and stuff. There's a war. Yeah, and like a whole rebellion. So it's, it's not just a dystopian with like a love story underneath of it. It's kind of unorganized the way we described it, but I definitely think it's a worthy Hunger Hunger Games vibes. I think this is like literally like all of the books, like Hunger Games, Divergent, all those dystopian popular books just combined into one. Wow. Some aspects, but. So do you like it as much as Divergent or Hunger Games? I mean, I never, I only read the first what one. She hasn't read, like, Hunger Games, Divergent. I read, okay, I read okay, Divergent. Okay, Divergent. the very first book does not count as having read yeah. the series. Okay, I it for myself. I searched up what happens, and I'm like, I don't want to read it if she's, spoiler alert, dies. Okay, but there's so many more plot twists in the series. Like, the yeah, like, it's not just the first book and then her dying. Like, there's okay, some there's a little bit of development between those a two. Bit. Are we sure about that? Maybe you're forgetting where she chops her hair off. <laughs> My God. That was a very big plot twist. Gillian, thank you. <laughs> so sorry. I completely glossed over that. Well, guys, um, I don't know if I should call this a success or failure. Is there like a middle ground? Because now like, I just, I still don't care. Either a success or a failure, so. Okay, no, how about if you're very, very bored and you're looking for a book, you would read it. Okay. So what? Okay. Is that called like like, media? At like the, like if the world was ending, like that bad. I feel like (laughs) the last book on earth, I would read it. No, I bet there's so many like there's no. Okay, no, it's more of like for that opinion. (laughs) You would read it. But it isn't the first book you would read if you could read any book in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like my I, TBR is much longer. It's a few though because but it's on there. It's, it's on like your list. somewhere in there. It's okay as long as it's on there. We call that a success here. A success <laughs> is that wow, you guys have low standards. I'll take it. I'll I don't know it. if okay. I should be offended or not. <laughs> okay, but it's okay because through these episodes you'll figure out more about all of our reading styles and all the books that we like to read and hopefully you can find yourself relating to us so anyways that concludes our very first episode of your weekly book brew we hope you enjoyed and again check out our description for everything that we mentioned throughout the podcast so we will be trying to post our episodes on somewhat of a consistent schedule so expect an episode a week after the day this one goes up whenever it goes up we're not sure yet um, for our next episode though we will be discussing the hey you give by angie thomas uh, primarily the themes that are discussed in the book and how they're so prevalent in our world today so stay tuned for that you can also follow us on instagram at your weekly book brew The handle will be in the description below. Feel free to subscribe and rate our podcast five stars on whatever platform you're using. And see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.